Welcome to Tattooed Freaks and Business Suits, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get to jobs they really love. So in addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book available. You can find Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon, on my website, or in a whole bunch of other places too. So my guest today is Michelle McGlade, and I'll have her introduce herself in just one moment. So for those of you who don't know, our show's purpose is to really explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X, Millennials, and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. So every show, we will explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaches. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, interview coaching, and ongoing classes. So check out our ridiculously long website, personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com. Or, you know, you can just Google it. So hi, Michelle. How are you doing today? I am lovely. Thank you so much, Donna, for having me on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. Let's just dive right into things. Why don't you tell me a bit about yourself? Oh my gosh, a bit. Where do you want me to start? (laughs) I say, let's see. Most people want to start with something professional. And I like to say that I'm a chief curator of evolution to help you unhide your magic. Ooh, so what does that mean? Well, it means that I've got a lifetime of experience like all of us and that I have for myself been able to take that commitment to continuing to evolve to the next level, to the next best version of who I am. And now I have an extreme passion using a framework that I've developed in a a lifetime of experience to help others do the same. Excellent. Excellent. So um, before you were started doing all of this, what was your background like? So I, I followed, you know, a very traditional background. I think many of your listeners can relate to, you know, you go to college, you get a good job. That's, that's the mantra I heard in my home. So that's exactly what I did. And I spent about 15 years in corporate. I started in finance and you know, pulled the all-nighters, <laughs> closing the books at the end of the quarter, end of the year, that sort of thing, but ended up getting courted away by sales leadership. That's who I worked with mostly in my roles and went into um, a le- long career of business development. Yeah. Right. The thing, yeah, the thing is, is I was quite a high performer and I just, you know, wasn't getting to where I wanted to be. I felt unsettled. I felt unsatisfied. I was, you know, looking very successful on the outside, but not feeling very successful on the inside at that time. And I think I just had enough crazy and enough courage to say, you know what, I'm going to take the leap and try something different and start my own business. And that was about 10 years ago. And that journey has now taken me on more iterations and more, you know, more evolution for myself um, in my life and my business. Oh, great, great. Um, so one of the things you mentioned is like, you know, about people hiding themselves. So what does this hiding thing actually entail? Yeah, you know, I didn't really know myself, honestly. So I have been in the podcasting space since 2015. 
And last year I had just launched a brand new show. I was, you know, kind of like living my podcasting dream in the sense of interviewing very successful CEOs and, and very large companies and, and self-starters as well, entrepreneurs. And I had this little tap on my shoulder about like late summer last year. I don't know if you do your podcast in seasons, but I was doing seasons. So I was taking a break. I was thinking about the strategy, you know, it was kind of an un traditional year, if you will. And I'm like, what is, what do we, you know, what are we doing for the next segment of the show? And I had this little tap, this little nudge, this little voice in my head that said, you know, Michelle, what if you're using podcasting as a way to hide yourself, mm. like to stay in hiding? Cause I, I mean, I loved it so much, but what if by interviewing people, what if by, you know, buying into the story, I love it so much. I was really holding myself back. So I leaned into it, Donna, and I, every time I tell the story, I just start getting kind of like chills and adrenaline happening because it's just so true for me in that I came out, I said, I'm, I'm going to quit podcasting, quit my own show for until whatever, we haven't gone back to it yet. And I'm just going to start having this conversation because if I feel like I'm hiding, maybe other people feel the same way. And, and so it wasn't something like I thought up like as a strategy or a great idea. It's just a conversation that I wanted to start having with other individuals, specifically women, um, specifically really high performing and successful women. And what I found is that a hundred percent of us <laughs> are hiding in some way, shape or form. Yeah. 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 So I did do your quiz. So yeah, uh, that's one of the things that Michelle has that's really great is you can go onto her website and it takes you through this quiz and it goes into some like key areas, not just professionally, but personally. So those are like the four areas that you're really hitting, right? So this might be their success, body image, spiritual and opinions. Yeah. So I actually didn't just start having the conversation with people. I, when I realized how this was really hitting a nerve, I went officially to go into research mode and I spent about six months interviewing women, um, hosting like kind of little focus groups, if you will. I did a community and yeah, what you're seeing in the quiz are some of the most common ways amongst the high performing women that were part of my research were saying the ways that they were hiding. So as you said, opinions, of course, it's not lost on me, right? That in today's day and age and political environment and social, (laughs) socially what's happening, there's a lot of people holding back what they think. Um, but bodies, you know, there's all sorts of ways we feel about how we look aging, uh, menopause, our weight, but even for young women, you know, just like having acne or, you know, things like that. Women and bodies are super common. Spirituality stood out to me. Uh, but there's more the uh, money things, all kinds of stigma around money, uh, success, failure, but what really hit home for me is that, and this is why I call it the, the unhide your magic quiz, is that ultimately what I found is two out of three women that I you know, engaged with in my research were saying that they felt like they were hiding their true voice, like their real voice, their real brilliance, their real magic, if you will. They felt like that was being held back and hidden and kept dim. And, and that is kind of what got me to 
say, wow, I need to, I need to get this out there. I need to get this out there in a much bigger way because that's just, that's just a darn shame really. Yeah. I mean, we hear a lot of emphasis these days about being your authentic self. Yeah. And in some ways it sounds like less nice and fluffy unicorns and rainbows and stuff <laughs> like that, but it really does matter. It does. And, you know, one of the things that I found, honestly, uh, doing the interviews for my show last year is I, I was talking some to some of the most amazing women. And of course, authenticity and vulnerability were part of the conversation because it is part of the conversation to your point. And what, what was always odd for me, and, and this is my own reflection back, not necessarily about one person or another person, but overall in that body of work, what I really took away from it is that even though it's being talked about in the workplace or it's emphasized as part of the entrepreneurial journey, journey for success, I still feel like women, especially, I, I believe men too, but I just don't have as much language around this for them. I think it gets expressed differently, but women, especially it's orchestrated. It's, it's vulnerability to what's acceptable within the culture. It's um, authenticity around the, the stories we feel most comfortable telling, but is it really fully all of you? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer to that is no. Right. So as part of your study, which areas did you tend to see, you know, women holding back the most or or does it really just vary by individuals? You know, I've looked at this. I feel like, you know, I'm really thinking about it because as I continue to have conversations, I get more data and more information. But I think that the ones that you see in the quiz, as you mentioned, are still top of mind. I think bodies, but that is such a huge topic because it's everything from, just the things I already described, but to your health status, right? Like how you're feeling in your body, like stress and feeling run down and being busy and not sleeping and all that stuff can kind of go into how we're treating our ourselves. Um, opinions. I think that's pretty common. Um, the spirituality is a little bit it would be the one that I would say there's a wide spectrum there because how people engage with their spirituality, whether it's more, religious Christian or versus like nature connection. I mean, there's a big spectrum there. And I think there's a wide variety for how that got expressed. Um, but overall, those are the, those are the big hitters for sure. Absolutely. So what happens when somebody actually stops hiding their brilliance? (laughs) Yeah, that's so this was the part that I was like, why is it that all of a sudden I'm, you know, because I'm somebody 10 years entrepreneurship, you know, like once you start your own business then your issues start coming right up to the forefront. So this is an important piece I think for people to understand is that, you know, I was hitting a ceiling, hitting challenges within my corporate career. Well, when you start your own thing, guess what? Those become amplified. You think it was them, but it was actually you. (laughs) So, um, I just wanted to point out that part of the story that you have to start taking self-responsibility and you'll start seeing those things more clearly for yourself. So I'm someone who's invested a lot of, not just time, but money, I would say easily beyond six figures to help me through coaching, through programs, through, you know, all kinds of self-awareness work to, to help to begin to unfold this, but I still couldn't break through. I was still hitting a ceiling. I still felt like 
like this unsettled inside, like there's just something a little bit more, there's something a little bit bigger that I want to put out or say, but I couldn't, like, I knew it was there. I was investing, but I couldn't seem to like get it. Right. So I was like, what have I been doing that all of a sudden, right. I'm starting to really feel like I can kind of come out of hiding, like you're saying, and a huge piece of it a huge piece of it. And there's a four part framework that I've been able to put together based on all of my, you know, all of my coaching experience, not just this project, but this project really kind of sealed it all together. But the foundational aspect of this is nurturing your, what I call your internal navigation system. And I think that's the step that most people miss when they're starting to come out of hiding is and you hear it ex, uh, explained in a lot of different ways, but you really need to get grounded within you. You're not going to, you're going to intellectually be able to hear the ways that you can start um, exploring that you've been hiding so that maybe you could address those, but you're not going to actually be able to let that armor fall away unless you're in a good mental, emotional, spiritual place with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so back to your question, (laughs) just wanted to put a lot of color around that. Sorry. Um, back to your question, what happens when you come out of hiding? It's not, it's not this miraculous, you think it's going to be this miraculous thing, but what it is, is it's a calming. It's a, Mm -hmm. it is, it's an ending of that unsettled agitation inside of you. It's a solid standing and groundness within yourself that says, you know, I'm, everything's great. And you start to see more clearly the stories, the ways that you put yourself into a cage. And instead of, well, one, running around with your head cut off, not being able to see it, you're able to see it, but then you're able to see it without judgment. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to do that for yourself, the armor falls away and more of who you truly are just naturally bubbles up to the surface. So that magical pixie dust that you've been looking for, it's not as magical as you think it's going to be when you receive it. It's just, it's an unfolding and a calmness that starts to envelop you. Gotcha. So I imagine that there's probably a lot of people who are reluctant to break out of the mold, maybe to like due to their own personal fears. Um, so what kind of fears do you think hold people back the most? It's... Yeah. So there's layers to this. I like to think about it like a cake, right? So when I have an an initial chat with somebody and they're thinking, well, I don't hide my opinions or I don't hide, you know, my spirituality or I don't hide my money. Okay. That's fine. But as we start to go deeper into the layers, it's not just what's happening in the present moment. It's what's been happening your entire life. And typically our hiding patterns, the ones that were really keeping us in that agitation that are really keeping us in that unsettled feeling, the ones that we just can't seem to figure out, even though they're like right in front of our face, they were developed many, many moons ago, right? Mm -hmm. And so what do they typically go back to? They go back to um, a really, really good reason to keep us safe. There's a really, really good reason of why we started to put that outfit on that armor on. If you want, I can provide an example. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. So one of the, the, um, big things for me is that I never like to show my emotions 
And like, it would horrify and like literally horrify me if anybody saw me get upset, for example, whether it was just angry or sad or both at work, Mm. even um, with friends or, you know, with my husband, I just didn't like to show my emotions publicly. I like to process them privately and then, you know, come back. Yeah. Well, this doesn't serve you all the time. I can tell you by holding in your emotion, that does not serve you. And I, I like to believe that I've progressed past that. Like now, if I'm speaking to a group in a room and I get, you know, like get a little bit teary eyed, no problem. I'm able to do that with, without the discomfort that I had, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. Where does this come from? Why do I feel that way? Well, as early as two or three years old, I was a very sensitive child. I had a very tumultuous start to the world, um, very high school aged parents. And so, and it, they fought a lot. And, and so it was scary for me. And so I just learned that it wasn't okay to cry because I would get yelled at. And so I started to learn at a very young age to hold those emotions in. And it's just something I did automatically without thinking about it. But that ended up not serving me in the long run, but it sure did in the very beginning. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So kind of getting back into the business side of things. So what are the impacts on business when leaders actually choose to be more forthright about who they are and expressing their brilliance. Yeah. You know, I think I've had some conversations with some of the groups I've spoke to um, executive leaders and such. And I think that what I really see them taking away in the conversations that we've had is the true power that can come from just getting solid within yourself. And the impact that that can have on their culture and their teams in terms of, because like specifically women in the workplace, you know, sure they want more flexible hours, but they also want a more emotionally intelligent work environment. So that would be a really great tangible example that as leaders within organizations begin to work within, that gets expressed outwardly. I think we... I'm not in an organization now, so I don't want to pretend like I know it all, but I'm using, using this as an example because I've had a lot of conversations with women in these roles. And I think that what gets more emphasized is an external in. So our culture is, you know, let's say in an organization, their culture is supporting authenticity and more vulnerability, but that's orchestrated. It's only to a certain extent. Whereas if the individual goes there first, they're showing up more solid, more calm, more, you know, um, good and confident within themselves. It's coming from a place of being not the other way around. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, now we get to one of my favorite parts of the show where we get to talk about the tattoo of the day. I love that. (laughs) You don't have any tattoos. I know. I was like, when you were telling me about the show, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm a fit for the show, but this sounds like the best show ever. <laughs> well, You've outed me. Is, yeah, it's not a requirement to have a tattoo to be on the show. I, like I say, I probably have enough to be um, carried through for everybody. So. You know, 
I've come back and forth on this. Maybe those of you listening will have, will relate to this, but I have a de- I'm like deathly afraid of needles, not as, as severely as I am like wasps and bees at this stage in my life, but mm-hmm. specifically when I was younger, because I remember going to the doctor quite a bit and getting, I mean, literally that's when they'd still give you the shot in the behind, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like I had quite a few of those that didn't go well. So I was always definitely afraid of needles, but it, you know, I saw my friends getting them and I always thought, well, maybe I'll come around to it, but I just, I just haven't, I just, just can't bring myself to do it, but I love them. And I think they're, they're beautiful. Well, here's the thing, kind of getting back on the hiding stuff. I mean, you know, I'm a right. dancer and you know, there's quite a long-standing joke in the tattoo community. It's like, well, when Gen X started getting tattoos, we did do it with business in mind, at least. You know, most of our tattoos, you know, you start in spots that were easily covered up and then you gradually work into areas that are more visible all the time. Uh, millennials don't necessarily do that. They'd start right on the hands, right on the neck to begin with. Donna, that's such a good point because I remember having conversations with my friends all the time. I'm a Gen Xer too. And it was like, everybody I can think of, you're right. They got a tattoo in a place that wasn't visible. Yeah. Even the most recent one I got done, which was October of 2020, was technically a cover-up of um, one on my chest, which was relatively small and so easily covered up with like a button-up shirt and still, you know, first top buttons down. But this one, I went all like all in, man. So it's a full shoulder caps uh, and it's like, I know it's like, Oh, like, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it goes a little bit up onto the collarbone. It goes right to the center of my breastbone. And I find myself now, I, okay. Listeners don't get images of seeing my boobs. Okay. When I'm saying <laughs> I'm wearing lower cut shirts, it's not like those Ooh. ones that dive all the way down through the cleavage. You know, it's like the ones that are like camisole height. Right. Yeah. And you will totally see that dragon that goes halfway in, you know, right to the breastbone of my chest. And, you know, it took a, a long time for me to get to the point where I was so comfortable showing that much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. And it kind of relates to with like what the, the dragon over the heart symbolizes for me. Mm-hmm. So the original one was a tiny dragon that as I got old, n- nobody could tell what it was anymore. <laughs> this is what happens with tattoos that are 30 years old right especially if the art wasn't very good in the first place they're just like what is that blob i don't know is that like a a pegasus a dragon it's so great that you can reinvent those though i love that well the original tattoo is like okay if i'm going to follow my heart and what i'm going to do i need to protect her so that's why i got the dragon there and then this one is like the same idea he's just built up a whole lot more yeah. And doesn't look like crap. <laughs> you made such a good point though, and, and connection to the hiding, because just like you said, showing that much of your body, like I have a weird thing about that myself, like too much skin at one time. So like, if I'm wearing like a tank top or something like you're describing, then you're probably going to have pants on. And if I have like a skirt on or something, then I'm going to be covered up up top. It's just like a vulnerability thing or something oh yeah 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 and it's like i it, again the body image and the hiding and stuff like that you know i'm a curvy girl i'm a little bit on the bigger side 
um, five, eight and 200 pounds or whatever. <laughs> You're and, voluptuous. Uh, yes. Yes. So <laughs> the fashion trend that I have the hardest time getting on with is the leggings. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, I can't do it at least unless I'm like got a tunic on that goes all the way down to mid thigh and right. You know, just cause I don't want people to see my big butt. I, well, I, I speaking of trends, I can totally relate to you. I feel like women have stuff like that all over. And, but I was thinking about Gen Xers and, and fashion trends. And have you seen what the, the younger generation is wearing cut off like baggy jeans with holes in them and like the plaid shirts, just as a side note, you said Gen Xers, that was like a nineties thing for all of us. Oh yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> yep. Oh, funny. Everything comes back. It always sort comes of. back. Sort of. <laughs> so tattoo of the day. I guess that would be the dragon on my chest is the tattoo yeah. of the day. Yeah. If you were to get a, a tattoo, what would you get? Oh my gosh. I, I know that it would have a lot of symbolism for me. I know that. And I have a, um, so my first um, businesses when I came out of corporate were in the wellness industry. So I have a background as well in Eastern medicine. Mm-hmm. And so I know it would have some sort of culmination of just the, honestly, the things that I'm talking about, you know, the self-awareness and nature and spirituality and connection with our, ourselves, you know, as a mind, body, spirit, it would be something like that. It would be very simple based, but that's all I've got for you. Mm-hmm. But I think here's like an interesting tidbit. Like if I do it, like that's, that's the thing. I'm not having like a little tiny something, something I'd go big. Yeah. I go I big. Go big. Go <laughs> right? yeah. I'd be all in or, or not yet. Nothing. I like that idea. Yeah. All right, Michelle, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to give a shout out. We spoke about the quiz. So if you're interested in taking that, it's unhideyourmagicquiz.com. Otherwise I'm hanging out on LinkedIn every day. And my website is michellemcglade.com. Excellent. Excellent. So thank you very much for being on with me again. This has been Michelle McGlade. My name is Donna Shannon. Uh, My company is Personal Touch Career Services. We're in Denver, but we serve people all across the country. And as my producer always reminds me, oh, got to mention too, the artist for my dragon is Nate Stevens with Marion Street Tattoo in Denver. He is awesome work, mostly known for um, American traditional, and he does just excellent, excellent work. So there you go. There's a shout out to Nate. And uh, as my producer likes to remind me, if you liked what you heard here, give us a like, give us a follow, maybe leave us a comment. If you didn't like it, Keep it to yourself. The world is mean enough as it is. All right. Thanks once again. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Donna.